our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we are bringing you Sticky Money Mondays, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation that you're in. Whether your ex owes you money or your friend just keeps stealing your oat milk, we are here to give you our unsolicited, unfiltered advice. Now today you're joined by retired nice girl Sim and with me is expert mean friend Sonia, the friend who tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Let's get started. So in today's Sticky Money Monday question that has come through, it's a good one, Sonia. The question goes, Dear Sim and Sonia, I need Sonia's advice on this insignificant thing I'm dealing with. So I've purchased something from an online store and in brackets, they're legit. Many of my friends have brought from them. It's a relatively small business. After I paid my order, they ghosted me. And after a few days, I got an automatic email saying that my order had been canceled. I have sent the payment proof and everything as per request. And then in brackets before I got that order cancellation email. And I have tried to reach out to them for a few times with different emails through WhatsApp, etc. Look, I didn't bombard them as I understand that they're a small, cool business, but they're still ignoring me and their social media is active. I know it's not much money, but the amount that I've spent is big for me. And I think this is so unfair. What would you do if you were me? Please help. I think this is such an interesting question to bring up because it really brings up the ethics of small business and how we see them compared to larger businesses. And if we just have a little bit more patience with them and more grace because it's more grassroots. It's usually smaller teams of people with large costs. And I think the assumption is that they're a little bit more ethical too, in terms of their practices and how they do business. My thing with this is, is that they have done you wrong. They need to give you your money back. You did not get the product and they should at least respond to your emails. That's like bare minimum customer service. I don't care if you are like a really small business or if you are a really big business. Like if you canceled someone's order and they've contacted you a few times privately, contacted your customer service, provided their receipts, why are you not reaching out to them? Why are you not responding? As soon as they go public with it, 
that's when they'll respond. And then that's when it's like, why would you out them like that? They're a small business. You're going to destroy their business. Well, excuse me, they should have responded to the other 10 emails. And if this is how I get your attention to get my money back, even if it is a minimal cost for you, as you said, it's the principle. It's like nothing is more frustrating to me than when, even though I understand it's like different teams, like there's probably someone for social media, there's probably someone for emails. But when it's a small business, you just assume like if they're posting on Instagram, why are they not replying to my email? But I want to like jump in and say that as someone that used to have, you know, a couple of small businesses back in the day, on one hand, I get like as a small business owner, sometimes you get swamped. Sometimes it takes you a couple of days to reply to an email. Sometimes one email gets buried. It sounds like a listener has come in being like, I have tried to be really understanding. I've tried to be like, look, that's fine. They're small, but she sent out more emails and she sent emails from other email accounts. Like if someone is putting that much effort in to reach out to you, then you don't have an excuse. If they sent one email and it got buried, you know, you can almost be like, fair enough, sometimes stuff happens, sometimes it goes to spam, X, Y, Z reason, sometimes you accidentally delete it. But she has made a constant effort to get her money back. And as far as I'm concerned, this is illegal. Like if you are in New Zealand right now, we have consumer laws that say if you pay for a good or service, you should be able to receive that to a certain level of quality and if you don't receive it that's literally against the law so not to go a little bit Karen on this that's so frustrating and then I kind of want to ask you Sonia why do you think we just assume that small businesses are ethical yeah I do want to stress that it is an assumption because not every single small business is like this but I think because they have smaller teams and I think they usually stress in terms of to buy from them compared to a large corporate company a about their ethical or sustainable practices, how they make the product, how they're paying their employees, how they get their materials, their kind of competitive edge compared to like a cheaper alternative or a mass produced product is because of their sustainability or ethical practices. So I think sometimes customer service might slip under the belt and people are actually okay with that because of the way that they're producing their products, if that makes sense. But it is one large assumption. All the small businesses that I see, especially the messaging through like lockdown and like family operated businesses, there's more of a personal story compared to like a multinational. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. 
So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increase revenue, expanded reach, and enhance customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I think that we give so much grace to small business owners because we want to, like, it's such a, you know, success story. We want to see them do well. They feel more like us and they feel more relatable. Like, you know, just another guy or girl trying to make it in this world and do something creative and do something brave. And it's not easy running a small business by any means. But if you are a sole trader, which means you have set up shop, even if it's just yourself, even if you haven't registered it as a business, you're a sole trader, which means that you have some level of responsibility for taking someone's money and providing them with a service and if xyz happens something happens in your life and you cannot fulfill that order fair enough cancel it but give them the money back like you can't steal that's like me saying hey guys our book is out and then going oh I never got around to writing it, but I've sold these pre-sale tickets. Thanks, I guess. Thank you for your donation. Me and Sonia are going to travel the world with that money. That's not going to work for anyone. And But I guess to actually answer your question on like, what do you do? I'm going to say, I know my advice is going to be different from Sonia's. I say, why are we scared of outing companies? I say, why are we scared to email this person one last time and say, hey, I'm going to give you five business days to give my money back. Send me a screenshot that you've sent it. And if I don't hear back from you, I am blasting this on my social media because sometimes a little bit of scarcity, a little bit of a push is what it takes for your money to get back to you. This happened to me not with a small business, but my flights, they would not pay me back. And then I outed them on this website called Trustpilot, where you can leave a review. And I was like, this is what happened, da, da, da. My flights got canceled and I was meant to fly out in nine days. And they say it's going to take like three months to be refunded. I need money to like buy plane tickets. Put the review up. Literally the next day, the money was in my bank account. My question to you is because what I said at the start was like, I think this raises like a really great question around the way that we treat small businesses compared to larger businesses. Do you think that we're harder on small businesses? I think it's going to be person by person dependent. Like I think some of us are like definitely more lenient with small businesses. I think that's the majority of us. Like if I have ordered something and it's taken them like, five days to ship it. I'm going to be fine with that. But if I order something from, I don't know, like Kmart and it takes them five days to ship it, I'm probably going to be a little bit more annoyed. I also feel like bigger companies have more like human interactions, more people to talk to if something goes wrong. So I feel almost like somewhat more entitled to like receive a response or call them up and not feel like I'm bothering them because I know they've got like a dedicated customer service team. Just a little like side note for those that don't know, I am the friend that if something goes wrong, like I'm not scared to be like, hey, sorry, like we ordered something else. Do you please getting us that meal instead? Whereas a lot of my friends like Sonia are maybe more okay with going with the flow of, you know, things don't work out the way they're meant to. And I think it's a good balance. It's not one of my favorite things that I do. I just get extremely like awkward and I feel bad for the worker that has to confront the issue or like the customer service team that have to like confront the issue when it's probably not their fault, you know? And I don't want to use them as like a, like I would never 
raise my voice or be rude about it. And neither would Sim. Sim, the way that she does it is very polite. And she, I think you have a lot of grace and patience before you get to the point of like, hello, we've been waiting an hour for our food. I think where it comes from is having like parents that we're kind of immigrant parents that are shy to like speak up or like if we were waiting for something and we've clearly been forgotten and it's been like an hour and a half and people, my parents would never get up and I'd always feel like very, feel very protective over them. And I'd be like, okay, they're not going to say anything, but they deserve to like be seen too. So that's when I would speak up. But at the same time, it's never like being mad at the person that's delivering it. I don't feel this way about small businesses. Like if a small business is taking their time, there's so much more grace because I don't have a dedicated customer service team. It's often one person. I just have a soft spot for them because I used to be that person and it used to be me doing, you know, like the Indian feminist orders and emails and social media and customer service. And every now and again, if I forgot, you know, an email, it might be like a week or two before I go, oh my God, did I ever end up like replying to this person? And I'd often give them like a coupon or a discount to make up for lost time. But in this case, I just don't feel like there's any desire from this vendor to resolve the issue. Any thoughts on if you would stop ever shopping with a small business? To be honest, I haven't had any bad experience with small businesses. And I feel like I have an abundance of patience with them. The small businesses that I've encountered, they're very clear, like, hello, it's going to take a few weeks to either receive your product and to ship it because we're a two-person team and you are paying a little bit more to support them as well. So I just think sometimes it's hard because if you one bad review for a small business, it can actually break them compared to like a thousand bad reviews of like Fashion Nova, for example, <laughs> like that's actually not going to break Fashion Nova because so many people are still going to go through them. Same with Sheen. Is it Sheen or Sheen? You know what I'm talking about? So this was an interesting thing to talk about because I've always just wondered the general perception of how people treat small business compared to like big business because there is a difference there. I completely agree. I think there's like nothing more I could add to this except for I'm very sorry that this has happened to you. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, hey, that was $20 and I kind of want that back. All right. Well, if you have a sticky money situation that you want Sonia and I to give us our honest advice, our sassy advice, our unfiltered advice, then please, by all means, send us a DM or email us at hello at girlsatinvest.com with the title sticky money story and you may just be featured on next week's episode to finish off our disclaimer so girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances always do your research and please use your due diligence